welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number two, and I have three spooky stories for you today, and story number one comes from Claire. I was born and raised in Paris, France, so naturally, since it's a very old city with rich history, creepy things are bound to happen. My parents, my older sister and I, lived in an apartment in a houseman building, built in the 1870s. The building was located next to where the Eiffel Tower is. It was a great location. We moved there when I was two years old and ever since we moved there, I had always been scared of my room. It was a strange feeling, a mix of anxiety and fear. It was always very dark in my room since my window was on a building courtyard. It was smaller than any of the other rooms in the house since I was the youngest. I didn't like to hang out in my room because I always felt some sort of presence in it as if someone was watching me. My bed was against the wall near my door and every night when I went to sleep I would bury myself in stuffed animals to feel protected and always face the wall. I was scared to face the other side in case I saw someone or something watching me. I was so anxious I had constant nightmares and I didn't sleep much. There was a closet in my room near the window that was integrated in the wall. Every night I would close it, and in the morning it would be open. I thought maybe I had too many clothes in it, so it was possible that it would open on its own. But other strange occurrences started to happen. Sometimes during the night I would wake up to the sound of my baseball falling off my bookshelf and making a loud thud, or the sound of a vase in my room falling off and breaking to pieces. The sounds were loud and clear. And since I was a light sleeper, I would always hear everything. I would turn on my light and see that nothing was broken or on the floor. But one day when I was 10 years old, I awoke around 3am facing the side of my bedroom, not the wall as I usually preferred. And to my horror, there standing over me was a skinny pale man with huge eyes staring at me. He was wearing a scruffy black suit had black hair and didn't move. He didn't say anything either. He was so pale and skinny he looked sick, but also quite young, maybe in his late 20s. I thought I might have been dreaming, so I pinched my arm, slapped my face and blinked hard, but he was still there. I was absolutely petrified. I stayed there, staring back at him for maybe five minutes. I was too scared to say anything or to move. Eventually, I found the courage to lift my arm and turn on the light on my nightstand. When I turned it on, he disappeared. That night, I left my nightstand light on until morning, when I had to leave for school. I was so terrified of what happened that I didn't tell anyone about it until we moved out of the apartment in 2013. I was 14 years old at the time. I told my mother about what happened and she looked at me completely shocked and said, Why haven't you told me? She asked me to describe him to her and then proceeded to tell me that she saw him around three times in the apartment at night. This sent a shiver down my spine knowing that that man or ghost was definitely not a dream. Maybe since he looked skinny and sick he might have died in my room from a disease. My mum then told me about how I would cry constantly about seeing people in my room when I was a toddler. I had no idea about this as I was too young to remember. We now live in a building on the old ruins of the Bastille prison. 
The prison was open from 1383 to 1789, exactly 400 years until it was destroyed during the French Revolution. I haven't particularly seen any paranormal activity, but at night, almost every night, I hear the floorboards creaking around the apartment as if someone was walking around. The first few times this has happened, I thought someone had broken in and proceeded to peek through my bedroom door, but nothing. The front door was locked and I was alone. Now I still hear the footsteps, but I don't think too much of it because if this is a ghost, it seems pretty harmless. Comparative to the man in the suit standing over your bed, being all skinny and malnourished and dead, you know what, footsteps are pretty harmless. I'd take the footsteps any day. I hate these stories where you think, while you're reading it, you think, oh, this sounds like sleep paralysis or this sounds like, you know, a dream, kind of like a waking dream, you know, just a really bad nightmare that seems really vivid. And then you end up with another member of the family going, oh shit, yeah, I used to see that guy knocking around the apartment too. It's not a vibe. And straight number two comes from Lauren. Although I've only had the odd experience, my little sister has always seen things. Like when she was a toddler asking my mum why a man had gone up our stairs while they were alone in the house, which scared my mum more than anything. But she had a harrowing experience in later life, haunted by a man in various places. He followed her. He wasn't just in one place. It started after our parents got divorced and our mum moved to a new city and a new house. It had been a mortuary years before and was attached to a church. My sister was around 12 and she would describe seeing a man in a tall top hat with a doubly breasted coat and a chain that felt like he was judging her, but he never had a face. She saw him at the top of the stairs, in her room, or even in Florida when on holiday. He just stood there watching, faceless. It got to the point that she would call my mum hysterically crying, saying, he's here, he's going to get me. This happened for three years, and he even followed her to a new house. But one day he just went and never came back. Well, not yet anyway. Also in the same house, my sister saw a teenage girl in a long, white, dirty nightie cowering in the corner of her bedroom and described her as wailing. Although you couldn't hear her, you could tell she was extremely upset, like harrowing sadness. Many years after leaving the house, our mum's husband spoke to the landlord and just mentioned my sister's experience. And he said lots of tenants saw things there and one even got a photo He explained that in the 90s, the house was a local business and the owner was well respected, but it came to light that he had been assaulting his daughter and had a grandchild that was his biological child. He then took his own life in the house. These still traumatise her to this day and she worries that he may come back one day. Oh no, no, everything about this story has really set me on edge. Because I was going to say, you know, originally I was thinking it was somebody who maybe worked in the mortuary or maybe somebody who was attached to like the funeral business with a top hat and double breasted coat. I mean, most um, funeral services in England, at least they still dress like that. But no face, no face isn't a part of the required uniform, I think. What is it with faceless people in the afterlife? We spoke about this on Patreon recently 
Faceless people in the afterlife, I don't get it. I don't understand why it happens. Like, why are you missing your face? Where's your face gone? Is it in order to evoke the most amount of uncanny valley feelings? The most amount of terror from somebody? Is that why they have no face? It just seems like such a bizarre trope that exists within the world of people seeing ghosts and paranormal stuff. And look, if I went on holidays to Florida and this ghost man followed me, I'd be fucking annoyed. All right, I'd be like, I can't even go on holidays without you rocking up with your no face. It would very, very much stress me out. And the teenage girl in the corner of the bedroom, that, that, that story is awful. The story in itself is awful. We know that these horrific stories of abuse take place, unfortunately, throughout the world. And you never know what's happening behind closed doors. I wonder if what your sister saw was like a residual memory of something that was so traumatic that it released loads of energy and was replaying that poor poor girl and your poor sister for having to see that and story number three comes from chloe my son who is now eight used to say when he was three that he kept seeing a man in a hat All he kept doing was staring into the hallway in my old house. When I asked who he was looking at, he told me he was looking at the man with the hat and started pointing down the hallway towards the front door. He would do this regularly. It was always the hallway and the front door. I never saw anything, but my son was convinced there was a man with a hat standing there. He went to nursery and told the staff at nursery about this man in the hat. They were sitting around the table for snack time and my son mentioned the man with the hat, and a packet of biscuits that was in the middle of the table moved across the table. He started to say that the man with the hat was stopping him from sleeping. He would cry, so I would go to check on him and say, what's wrong? He would say the man with the hat won't go away. So I asked out loud if there was anything there that they could just please let Elliot sleep and not disturb him when he's trying to sleep. The next night, Elliot cried again, so again I asked him or her to leave. The night after that, Elliot had a dream, woke up screaming and crying, where the man in the hat was banging on the front door and trying to get in and he was proper freaked out. It took me ages to calm him down. But when he finally calmed down, I told him that it was okay and that the man in the hat was not allowed in this house anymore. I said out loud that he was no longer welcome to come and see Elliot and that he wasn't welcome to come into my house anymore as he was scaring Elliot, and that was not fair. He never mentioned the man with the hat after that night. What was so weird was that a few months later, we had the whole living room re-plastered, and as the new plaster was drying, it dried in the shape of a man in a hat. It proper freaked me out. When I showed Elliot the picture I had taken the day after, he said... Mommy, that's the man I used to see. I know the man in the hat is like a paranormal staple, you know. Anytime you listen to a paranormal podcast or you watch a paranormal TV show, people will be talking about the man in the hat. And honestly, my respect for him has plummeted in the last couple of years. It keeps going down. He keeps going down in my estimation. What do you do in scaring little kids in the middle of the night? What's the need for it? There's no need for it. What What's the deal with trying to steal biscuits from small children? There is no need for it. The man in the hat is fundamentally a bad guy. 
And I think everybody needs to know that. And not in the scary possession way. I just feel like he's a bit of a dick in general. You know, I feel like the man in the hat has some sort of inferiority complex. And that's why he spends his time scaring little children, trying to make himself feel like a bigger person. And you know what, man in the hat? If you're listening to this and you're like, that bitch, how dare you say those things? Then you need to make it known. Make a statement. Release a notes apology on Twitter. Whatever it is that you need to do. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Claire, Lauren and Chloe for sending in your stories. If you would like to send in your story, you can email it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. If you would like to know anything about the podcast, you can check out reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. If you are desperate for more content, you can sign up to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I shall see you next time.